Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Shadow. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today is all the way across the pond from the UK. She goes by the name of Mahalia. She's been doing music since she was eight years old. She's been signed to a major record label at age 13, and she's been taking her time with the music. In our interview, we talked about the value of travel and being of mixed race. Mahalia talked to me how she dealt with being one of the few black girls in school in a small town and then moving to a larger city and then being considered too white. All that and more in my interview with Mahalia on the Comedy Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Mahalia, and I'm a singer-songwriter from Leicester in the UK. Welcome to Toronto, Canada. Thank you for having me. Sorry, that was such a bad introduction. No, it wasn't. <laughs> My reactions make you like think like, uh, is that it? Or is there more? Uh, welcome to Toronto. Have you been here often? What's like the vibe that you get from the city? This is my first time. It's first actually, time? Yeah. Wow. It's actually super strange. It like, on the way here, it weirdly felt like home. Like on the drive. I feel like maybe because there's like the same amount of lanes as us and like, it just feels kind of it felt really homely and like really like oh this feels like home from home so but it's such a beautiful city i i hope that next time i come back for longer because i'm only here for one night one night you're gone tomorrow that's it gone tomorrow one night only (laughs) well make sure you hit us up next time we'll show you around you know the food the people it's a beautiful city uh what like tell me about the value that you have of uh traveling like what is that like what 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 is how does that like affect you and what value does how does it enrich you i mean It's such a privilege to be able to do what I love and travel. And it's really funny because whenever I go home, I'm from a really small town. So whenever I go home and see my friends and I tell them like where I've been and they're like, oh, where's that? Or like, you know, majority of them haven't really been out of the UK that much unless they're going on like a little holiday. And for me, I'm like, it's just, it's, it's, it's the time, it's the people, it's, the food, it's, it's, it's like looking at all these different places and, and, and just absorbing culture that I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. And as an artist, it's super inspiring. And, I, and that's the most important thing is that if you stay in the same place for too long, how are you supposed to feel inspired and write music and, 
And, you know, I just... My thing is that when I was a kid, you know, we never really had that privilege. We never really went like went on holidays or went away. My parents, they're amazing. They used to take us to festivals in the UK and take us to the beach in the UK. And, like, and that was just purely because there were so many of us and we couldn't go because holidays are really expensive. And so now... The fact that I'm getting to see the world through my own eyes from something that I'm doing and I sometimes get to bring them with me, I just find really amazing. Mm. And I feel super blessed to be able to do that. That's amazing, right? Yeah. And so, like, because, yeah, you said holiday expensive, but you're seeing the world, making music and, you know, like living the dream. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any Toronto connections? Because I've like, I think you used to work with 19. Were you working with 1985? Yeah. Who's the producer with Drake? Yeah. OVO? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, I worked with yeah. 1985 like four years ago. OK. He's, did anything come out of that? Yeah, we did. We, we did some tunes on my first EP. No, my second EP and my first kind of major big project. Mm. Um. A 1985 sick. We 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 had like a really great two weeks, and I remember working with him and, a, and another producer called Super Dupes, who's based in Miami. And we that was like my first experience of truly enjoying making music with producers, because mm. it's such a like when for me I was a singer songwriter who played the guitar, and you know I was so used to writing on my own. When you then go into rooms and and, and you're working with producers who make beats, it's super hard to get used to that. Mm. And I was young. I was like. 16 so meeting those two was just a blessing because mm. they were just super cool and 1985 is a lovely guy and I've, I've not seen him in years so mm. yeah hopefully well probably not this time because I'm here so quick but hopefully yeah. next time we can link up yeah you can connect yeah. Uh, so let's, let's take it back so your parents were singer songwriters you know you're seeing music you're seeing them you know they're absorbing what they're doing what they're playing but then you know you had this huge crush on a boy in middle school and then what happened from there so from there so i had this really big crush and i what was his name i can't tell you his name why not it's middle school it's a long time ago no we actually dated again when i was older oh okay well now uh, it's got to be a generic name like tom or something his name was spencer spencer see there's how many spencers are there in the uk you have like brands called isn't it marks and spencer is that from the uk (laughs) come on yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so he's Spencer and Marks and Spencer. So, ba- so basically, that's Spencer. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I was I was thirteen and I was like super in love. Well, I thought I was in love because I was a kid. Um, and I just like you know I remember my my mum saying you should just write a song, babe. And I was like, what? And my dad was like, yeah, just take take your guitar, try and write a song about it. And so I did, and um, I wrote so many love songs. And then when he didn't like the love songs and broke up with me, I wrote loads of heartbreak songs. And um, that's how it started because I was just this kid writing songs about boys, basically. So what you what you played the song for him? Is that what happened? I played it in assembly. An assembly from the whole school, the, ho- the whole year, the which whole- is kind of worse because yeah. it's like everybody knew. Everybody knows that you're crushing on him, and he's probably embarrassed. His face, he's blushing and stuff. And the song was called "Marry Me." <laughs> it's called "Marry Me" at age 13. <laughs> you were in a deep samurai slayer, bro. I was, <laughs> I was breaking, I was coming for hearts in like for 2002. <laughs> and he didn't want to talk to you after that. No. No, we didn't speak for years, and and then and then we like you know, you kind of get over that stuff, don't you? Mm. That's a funny story. So you're from a small town. It's called it's pronounced Leicester. Yes, okay. and then I'm from. Well, so Leicester's the city, and I'm from a little town called Syston. Syston. Yeah. Okay. 
And so you were like what one of three black girls in 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 school. Yeah. And then you moved to Birmingham, and then they thought you were too white, right? Yes. So you must have been confused. Can like how, what kind of effect did that have on you? I was super confused. I mean, <laughs> the culture and like the way that you know it's just like just just for anyone listening, like the way that British culture is is super different to here, and like the way that like we divide is so different to here. I well, I found just from personal experience. And the thing about the home, and I and I love Leicester and I love Birmingham, but I there's a there's a confusion I find with with how we are dividing each other. And it's like for me, you know, as a kid, like so I have a black mum. My my mum's family is Jamaican and I've got a white dad. My dad's family are British with Irish lineage. And so my whole life I was always really black identified. So when I was in school, the kids used to hate it, as in my first school. So my white friends, they didn't used to hate it, but they didn't used to get it, which was fine, because they never had to really understand it, but they never used to get it at all. So then I grew up in, like, a white town. You know, I still am very, very, very in tune with my black side. My, like, like, my mum's my best friend, and my, my grandma, who lives in Jamaica, is, is one of my like one of the one of the loves of my life and it's mm. like when i then went to birmingham and i had this kind of nice leicester accent the girls just didn't get it and that was like i was cool with that but i just wasn't i'm somebody i'm always cool with people coming with my cat like if you come for my character it's fine if you don't like my character that's fine if you come for my music that's fine i have a real problem with with, with, with people coming for my color because i can't change it that's my genetics. And so I think when I got to high school, I was like, why are you calling me white girl now? And it was just mad. It was like, whoa, I've just spent my whole life battling these people who were calling me, you know, derogatory and racist terms. And now I'm at a new school and I'm being called white girl. So for me, I was like, what, what do you want me to do? Because I'm just being myself. And yeah, and I felt like I was just being picked apart for it mm. for a while. So what did you do? Like, how did you handle it? Or how did you, yeah. I think you just get over it, you know? Mm. I think you just, you know, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I remember there were girls in my school and they used to talk back to her at me and be like, she can't understand. And I used to laugh in my mind because I was like, what do you mean? Like, like, it's just, it's that whole thing of like... Would you talk back to her back at the time? No, because I can't. And I would okay. never pretend like I could. But you understood it or you didn't understand it? Totally understood it. Yeah. And so for me, I used to find it really funny because I was like, well, my, well, my, my mum talks back to her all the time. Most of my family talk back to her. So what do you want me to, like, should I pretend like I don't understand? It was just this weird conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I think... You have to be yourself, and then eventually people will understand you. And you also have to talk about that stuff, because I feel like, you know, I feel like people should be talking about it, because it's happening, especially in the UK. In the UK, I think there's a lot of confusion with how we divide ourselves in colour. Now, in my eyes, I'm like, well, why are we dividing anyway? Um, But I just feel like there's this strange line between like, well, you're not black enough, but you're too white, and you're not white enough, and you act like a black person, and it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I have a 10-year-old brother, and I'm like, I don't want you to have that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. No, it makes sense. And I, I thought you think, you, you said that it's like, you think it's unique to the UK, but it sounds like stuff that, especially people, uh, really? friends that I know that are mixed, you know, who are maybe racially ambiguous, yeah. uh, people, yeah, I think they get similar treatment to that as well, too. 
and a, a depends. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just confusing because yeah. it makes you confused, especially if you identify as black. Because for me, I grew up always identifying as black. So uh -huh. when I had kids saying, "But you're not black, you're mixed," I was like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. Like, yeah, my, 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 I'm of dual heritage, yes, but I'm black, and so I don't know. But I think it's a struggle that I'm really happy that I went through. That you're really happy that you went through. Why? Because now I'm because because now I'm so in tune with everything, and I'm able to talk about it. I find a lot of my a lot of my friends can't can't talk about those issues. Like they won't even get into a conversation about it. Whereas I could talk about it because I feel like if you experience something firsthand or even just watch something happen firsthand, mm -hmm. then you can speak on it and mm -hmm. you can say your opinion and say how you feel about things and yeah. yeah well people can as now as hopefully as uh, society becomes more open and 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 mingles together and there's more mixed kids that they're, they're going to definitely connect with that and right. i think they're always like yeah like i think there's that confusion of like yeah you're too white or too black depending on who you hang out with yeah. and people are mean in high school man. yeah <laughs> this is the especially thing. girls you girls are really mean guys are like we get in a fight then we're buddies you girls have psychological war games <laughs> like chess i don't know what you like i think this is the this is the thread that we're definitely missing is that high school is just horrible like i don't really have it a lot now i just had it in school awesome <laughs> so you, you what do you describe your music at like i saw like psycho acoustic soul yeah. what does that mean sounds kind of psycho <laughs> Psychoacoustic yeah. soul has always been my way of describing it. So, you know, when I heard India Irie Acoustic Soul, mm. that album, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like, this is, this is how I want to sound. And so I kind of, I think I kind of took that on from there. And the psycho part just comes from like, you know, where I'm from and like my kind of strange colloquialisms and the way that I talk about things and the things that I say and just how I put lyrics together. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm a, I feel like I've always been a bit of a blend of a few things. Like, I'm a singer-songwriter, so I play the guitar, and I play a bit of piano, and I've definitely got influences from, like, jazz and soul and R&B, mm -hmm. and there's loads of stuff going on. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's basically, you, you don't want to be able to be limited to a box, right? Is that what it is, or what? I think, yeah. you know, I think it's... I definitely think, as an artist, you should know what you are. Mm. Um, and it, it's never, like... Nobody ever wants to be categorized fully. However, saying that, you know, I think it's also important to like, if people are placing you somewhere and holding on to you, then let them hold on to you. Do you know what I mean? Because for me, I'm like, well, if you guys see me as R&B, then, then, then I should embrace that. Why would I not want to be R&B? Like, like, I grew up on rhythm and blues. So for me, I'm like, okay, well then I'm that. Do you know what I mean? So I think, I don't think it's the genre's fault or the people's fault. I think it's just the way that the industry categorizes yeah. that that artists get confused about. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. I think it's the way that the industry do it yeah. that that annoys us, maybe. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I do feel like the people also do like to label something so they can just put it, like, it's easier to yeah. categorize and so you know, right? If it's confusing, if you don't know how to describe or articulate to your friends or whatever, you're like, you can kind of get, get confused about yeah. it. So you were signed at age... 13 yeah. and but you didn't really rush with the music right like tell me about that so i wanted yeah. to stay in school okay. and i wanted to i wanted to um i wanted to do my my exams and i wanted to you know i just i think I, I just wanted to be a kid for a little bit longer like i wanted to go out and i wanted to have friends and have experiences and i and i really re i was super academic i really wanted to finish school um so that's kind of how it went down and then 
How did you know, like, so you weren't pressured by the labels or anybody to say, okay, you got signed, go produce and go in a studio for 12 hours a day or rehearse or whatever you knew you wanted to enjoy your childhood? I think I felt a little bit pressured at first. Yeah. And then that's when I slowed down because I was like, well, hold on. You know, I'm at school now and I think I need to finish school. Mm -hmm. And they totally backed off. I was still doing live shows, mm -hmm. but writing wise and like going down to London and going to studios, I wasn't really doing. I um, I was just writing at home when I could and practicing when I could, but mostly being a kid. Mm. Yeah. You're, uh, you're lucky. You, you made a good decision, right? You don't regret it, right? Don't regret it at all. And it's like, you know, I have to think I made a decision that now seven years later, I'm still signed. So for me, I'm like, well, I didn't make that bad of a decision. No, you and I'm didn't. I'm really happy now. <laughs> You're lucky, yeah, yeah, to be signed for several years. Uh, so between then and now, there, like the, this must have been like an emotional journey for you. Can you tell me a, like a time, a moment in time where you're like, I want to quit. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah, so this is like two years ago. Okay. And I, um, I was 18 and I like, I was just bare confused. Like, I had moved to London really quickly and I had put some music out that wasn't really connecting with anybody. And I was like, I remember saying to my mum on the phone, I was like, mum, I don't think I want to do it anymore. And she was like, what do you mean? Yes, you do. And I was like, no, I really don't think I do. And that's the first time that I knew that I had fallen somewhere. Like, I'd, I was in a different space. And um, I was really low, and I left London. I moved back to Leicester, where I'm from. And I think I moved back to try and find myself again. And it didn't really work. I just kind of... I just got really comfortable and, like, got my friends and was going out a bit and... And I was getting annoyed at myself because I knew my potential, but I just didn't feel like I could ever get there. And then I wrote Sober. And then I, I remember the meeting with my label and with my manager, and I was like, this is a good song. And then they were like, this is a great song, you should finish it. And then I finished it, and I put it out, and then everything fell into place. And that's just, in my eyes, I think that's how it works. I think if you're, if you're a creative, you have to get to that place. Like, it's almost like you have to get to a place where you believe it might not happen. I almost felt like I had to be scared to then kick through the door and make it happen. And um, I think that's really important just to know that, that you're going to hit that spot. Mm. And then it's the, the, the people who do well are, are the people who push through it. Mm. Yeah, th that can help, like, be a jumping off point. It can inspire and yeah. to the next chapter. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Uh, hey, did you get a, Did you get enough? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, one you, last question. Yeah, I yeah. have to get her over to the venue. So, no problem. Yeah, yeah one just last, last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, what is currently inspiring right now? And this doesn't mean like it's music. It's just anything that's giving you butterflies. You're like, get energy from. Um, what's inspiring me? There's a, there's there's a lot of people in my life at the minute that. I'm really grateful to have around and which is amazing because but like before I was kind of I was I was reading books or watching films and trying to be inspired from art and at the minute I'm just surrounded by really great people like I've got a really great team I've got really great friends some really nice people who are kind of coming in on the scene now and that's inspiring me like for like I feel really happy and kind of tingly all the time and it's just that's when you know that that you're buzz is like kicking in in your mind because you're just feeling good mm. so um yeah i feel great at the minute and like you know 
that's why traveling is so amazing because it because it means that I can be inspired anywhere in the world. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm actually really inspired at the minute. I'm going to LA next week to spend three weeks writing. Mm. So that should be great. I appreciate your time. Anything else you want to say to the people out there that are listening? I don't think so. I think yeah. just just based on what your platform is, yeah. like if anybody's thinking about doing it, then just do it. Just do it and wait it out. And if if it goes wrong, that's fine. Thank you very much for your time. Yo, what did you guys think of my interview with Mahalia on the Come Show podcast? Yo, subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and so many more outlets. I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description. Stay tuned, y'all. We got so much more content coming out. It's your boy, Chetto. Peace. Peace.